Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hello, my beautiful friends, and thank you so much for tuning in to Wellness and Wanderlust and for joining me on this week's adventure. I have had such a blast connecting with you in this way and getting to learn from so many amazing guests. I'm really excited for what we have in store for you guys in the coming weeks, so truly thank you for being here. Your word of mouth, social media shares, your feedback, all of that really means the world to me, and I want to thank each and every one of you from the bottom of my heart. I know, I know I might sound like a broken record every week when I say this, but I don't think I can say it enough. This week, I would like to give a special thank you for my latest review on Apple Podcasts from Jazzy McGee, who says, love the authenticity, great nuggets of wisdom, and you feel a part of the convo. Jazzy, I am so glad you feel this way and that you've been able to connect with the show. I'm really grateful to have you here as a part of this conversation. So truly, thank you. Now, listener ratings and reviews really do help other people find the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to share. I also received an exciting and somewhat unexpected piece of news this week. Wellness and Wanderlust is now ranked in the top 100 health and fitness podcasts in Jamaica. So this was such a pleasant surprise. I always love to look through my analytics to see who has found the show and where my messages are resonating. So I would love to give a shout out right now and just thank anyone in Jamaica who is listening and all over the world. I want to thank you for being a part of the Wellness and Wanderlust family. So this week, I am diving into a topic that several of our listeners have asked for and one that I personally struggle with, and that is imposter syndrome. So for those of you who don't know what that is, I've pulled up the Harvard Business Review's definition um, just to help everyone out. So imposter syndrome is a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persists despite evident success. And some studies say it exists in as many as 70% of us. Wow. I have been wanting to talk about imposter syndrome for a long time, so I was actually really excited that this was a requested topic, and I've been wanting to talk about it since before I launched the podcast. A few years ago, I considered either writing about it on the blog or in a very cheesy titled essay called, I'm a Fraud and Other Fears That Keep Me Up at Night. Because that is the truth. Um, With imposter syndrome, you often feel like you're just not qualified to be where you are in life. For me, I find myself in situations constantly where I'm worried that other people are going to figure out that I don't actually belong there. And it doesn't matter how successful you are or how hard you've worked, you still tend to feel like it's just not enough. So this is very, very familiar to me. I got my first taste of this when I graduated college and was out in the real world. So I was 22 years old and I was already starting to take on some more advanced projects outside of the entry level role that I'd been hired for. Um, I was growing a lot. I had been successful in school and I was beginning to take on different projects based on my skill set. But sometimes those projects were a little higher profile than someone maybe at my level might be working on. So even though I was growing, I was working hard, I was learning something new every day, I often found myself wondering, 
why would anyone even listen to me? And when would they realize that I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing? Now, forget the fact that I was conscientious in my work. I was putting time and effort into everything I did. I was putting extra time into professional development work or working on growing the skill sets that I needed for the role. I still felt 100% like a total fraud. This became a whole lot worse when I started grad school. Grad school was imposter syndrome all the way for two years straight. Now, to give you a little background on me, for those who don't know me personally, I had studied communication in my undergrad years. I am a writer. I am a blogger. I am not a finance person, even though I do work in the financial services industry. But I decided to get an MBA after a few years out of undergrad just to help round myself out a little more. Uh, Truth be told, working in banking, I found myself constantly Googling things after I met with our accounting department and with some of the more financial areas. And again, I really wanted to be a little more well-rounded and be able to bring more to the table in my current role. So I applied for a professional MBA cohort where I knew I was going to be one of the younger people in my class. I had the bare minimum years of experience for the program that I was in, and I hadn't taken an accounting or finance class in my life, so I knew I was going to have to work twice as hard, go to prep courses, do, you know, do my homework, and I knew it was going to be difficult, but when I interviewed for the program, they felt that I had, you know, I had the mindset needed. I would need to work a little harder. I would need to listen more than I spoke, but that I was definitely qualified for the program and that I had something to bring to the table. So I started the program when I was 25 and immediately had the sense that I didn't have anything to bring to the table. I felt like I did not belong. Now, I was in a cohort with all of these amazing and accomplished humans, and they are still my friends to this day, so I am so grateful to have met them, but I felt like I had no business being in this program because I wasn't working in finance. I wasn't a manager in my organization. I hadn't jumped around to different companies or been recruited in the way that so many had, and the terminology in my classes truly felt like I was learning a new language that everyone else in my class was already fluent in. I often felt like getting into the program was just some kind of fluke and that it was totally obvious that I was not cut out for it. I was getting straight A's and I still felt that way. But here's what I wasn't taking into account. What I wasn't taking into account was the fact that I brought something completely different to the table that was just as valuable. I'm someone who loves to write, and I was able to translate these complex financial concepts into something that a non-financial manager could understand. You know, that's a skill set that a lot of people don't have, and that was something that I excelled in. And I was able to bring that to group assignments. I was able to bring a lot of skills to group assignments that my, my classmates may not have been working on in their own roles. I was someone who had led major projects over the years in my own company. I led a 200-page RFP project in my early 20s, and I had unique experiences I could bring to group discussions. So I wasn't a fraud. I was just different. And I have to remind myself of this constantly. I'm someone who doesn't really fit into a box when it comes to my career, what I want to do, who I want to be. I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. 
if something interests me, I pursue it. I try to learn it, but I wear a lot of hats in my organization and outside of my organization. I try out a lot of different things and I never feel truly qualified to do anything in particular. I've struggled with this even in my blogging and podcasting. I'm over here as a wellness blogger who doesn't have a six pack. I don't have anything close to a six pack. I'm still trying to figure out what the heck is wrong with me as far as my autoimmune issues go, why I'm so tired all of the time. I don't have all of the answers. So how can I advise anyone when just yesterday I had zero spoons before the day even started? So it is a constant struggle for me and for so many of us, but I think it's so important to remind ourselves You know, I have a story to tell too, and hopefully I have an experience that others can relate to or that can help someone in some small way. So something I found interesting over the years as I've gotten to know other people who identify with this imposter syndrome, it's actually very common among perfectionists. And I'm sure we have a lot of those listening today. And if you are, I highly encourage you to check out last week's episode of the show If you haven't already, we talk about burnout among perfectionists and how to strike that balance between your achievements and your joy. I think that when we expect ourselves to be perfect 24 hours a day, we set ourselves up for failure. And so, of course, we are going to feel like total frauds. Nobody can be all things to everyone at all times. We just can't. This is also something I think is really common among women, which is about 90% of our audience here. There have been studies that show that women are less likely to apply for a job unless they fulfill all of the requirements of that job description, where men are likely to apply even if they are missing a few of those things. There's no good or bad here, but the women are missing out on the opportunity because they're not having the confidence in themselves to apply necessarily. And many of us feel, you know, that we don't know everything there is to know, that we can't consider ourselves an expert by any means. My guess is that this is partially our conditioning as women and that we often feel like we have to downplay just how amazing we are. But I do think that many of us are born with this too, especially those who maybe suffer from some anxiety as well. So imposter syndrome is very real. So how can I stop sitting up at night wondering when everyone will realize how much of a fraud that I am? I think first and foremost, we have to recognize imposter syndrome for what it is. We often know that our fears are irrational and that we aren't necessarily a fraud. We have gotten that degree. We have worked toward our achievements, but we still have those fears. We need to notice when we are having those imposter feelings come up and think about when they're coming up and why they're coming up. Something I like to do when these feelings are really, really getting to me is to take inventory. You can objectively come up with a list of accomplishments related to the trait or the skill set that you're feeling a little insecure about and just write that down. I know this may sound a little neurotic, but you can't deny the power of journaling. I think it can be really powerful to see it written down on paper. And I keep a list of accomplishments at work for a few reasons. One, it's a really helpful document to have when review time rolls around. It helps you to really inventory what you're doing and to advocate for yourself in the workplace. And two, it is a powerful reminder of how much of a badass I can be, especially when that self-doubt is creeping in, which it tends to do. And, you know, no, we are not the sum of our accomplishments. We are a whole lot more than that. 
but sometimes seeing those written down on paper can help us think a little more objectively about ourselves. Because if we take ourselves out of the equation and we just see these accomplishments for what they are, you see that on paper, you think, wow, this person is amazing. They are, and you are. So another thing to remind yourself is that no one is you, and that is your power. I'll say that again. No one is you, and that is your power. I absolutely love that quote. Our strengths often lie in what makes us different. So recognize those skills and traits that are uniquely yours and know that what you bring to the table is special. I am never going to be a genius when it comes to finance, and that's okay. That is not my dream. My talents are different, but they still give me a seat at the table. Now, this doesn't mean that you need to jump at opportunities that you're objectively unqualified for. But really, instead, take that mental inventory. If you truly don't know something, you can always ask. You can see if you can work with a partner or a mentor on a project, or consider taking a class or getting some kind of certification to learn more about a particular subject that you want to specialize in. I think it's also important for us, especially those perfectionists, to recognize that failure is okay. We're not going to know everything at all times. We aren't going to check everything off of our to-do lists every single day. We are not going to have as many spoons every single day to do as many things. Sometimes we are not going to have that physical or mental energy to give. That's okay. The most important thing we can do is be kind to ourselves and give ourselves the grace and love that we would give to someone close to us if they were in our shoes. Because again, when you take yourself out of the equation and you think of yourself as that loved one or maybe as a child, I think you can be a lot kinder to yourself. And with that in mind, I think the people in our lives are so important and they can hold up a mirror to help us see ourselves as we truly are. Now, there is also no shame in just talking to someone, talk to a friend that you trust, a family member, or your therapist, and try to start unpacking your feelings and why you might feel that way. I think talking about imposter syndrome is kind of similar to recognizing it in the sense that it is a good early step in kind of defeating that. And know that it's not going to go 100% away. I think we're always going to feel you know, a little sense of that from time to time, and that's fine. And, you know, recognize it, honor whatever you're feeling, and try to let it pass. Finally, I would suggest, and I suggest this for every problem we have in life, um, take time for self-care. Our mental, emotional, physical health, they're all intertwined. So take time for yourself, prepare some nourishing foods, move your body, practice gratitude, Meditate or pray if you feel a calling to do so. Spend time outdoors. Enjoy the sunshine. Do something you love to do. Call a friend you've been meaning to catch up with. Binge one of the many (laughs) awesome Netflix series that keep coming up in our rapid fire questions that our guests have enjoyed so much. You know, write or draw. Do something creative that you love. Choose a positive mantra for yourself. Just do something you know is going to make you happy or is going to do something positive in your life. So based on the requests I've received for this topic, I would imagine that most of those who are listening to this episode have experienced their share of imposter syndrome in their life. And I think sometimes knowing you are not alone can truly, truly make a difference. So in case you need to hear this, 
just know that I believe in you and I'm rooting for you and that we are all going to get through this together. I would love to know how you all deal with imposter syndrome, so please feel free to drop me a line at valerieatwellnessandwanderlust.net. I would love to share your tips in an upcoming episode. You can also shoot me a DM at wellnessandwanderlustblog on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. And once again, I just want to thank you for being a part of this journey with me and for bringing such important conversations to the table. If you liked this episode, I would love it if you could rate and review the show on whatever app you're listening on. I will share your review in an upcoming episode. And of course, be sure to subscribe. I hope to see all of you next week. And remember, once again, we are all in this together. I believe in you. You should believe in you too. And just again, know that you are not alone. Thank you. And I will see you next week.